I'm Jakub Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. Um, in this episode, we're chatting about structured cabling. We're chatting about what structured cabling is, what the various standards available on the market are, and how future bandwidth needs will influence your cabling decisions. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how to choose the best cabling for your business. I'm joined by Paul Kritzinger and Alan Ridley from Comscope. Guys, welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So we always start the show by uh, just uh, sharing your credentials. So uh, maybe take two seconds and what's each of yours background and how did you end up where you are? Fantastic. So um, I mean, we both work in, in infrastructure. Uh, structured cabling, um, you know, as we said it to your to your producer, her eyes rolled back in back in her head. Um, but structured cabling is not that uh, it's not that that foreign a concept. It's the um, fast paced world. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I handle I handle sales for the Southern African and Static region for the enterprise structured cabling division within a company called Comscope. Um, and my colleague Alan. Yeah, I'm an account manager focusing on uh, the data center customers in sub-Saharan Africa. So, and then just uh, talk to us about uh, Comscope. So, Comscope, we're a, we're a multinational telecommunications manufacturer, and it was quite funny. I had a look at the uh, the catalytic um, slogan. I think it's uh, "We connect humans" or something to that effect. And our slogan at Comscope, or one of them over the years, has been um, "We create lasting connections." So, similar kind of thing. We we do the same thing, but we do it at a very much very much more physical level. Um, so, so Comscope manufacture physical infrastructure for tele- telecommunications, um, and that that could mean structured cabling. It could mean um, DAS systems, 5G antennas. Uh, we we're quite lucky in that we have a touch point at each chain within that telecommunications, or each each link within that telecommunication. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that intro. Okay, so let's go straight into it. So, structured cabling. It sounds like a very <laughs> formal and and uh, hectic. Uh, phrase but every business that i know have some form of it absolutely so what is it so the the end customers or the end users um interaction with structured cabling would probably be that uh, network cable that comes out of the wall right it's a network cable that comes out of a box in the wall and you plug it into your laptop um i think that perhaps the newer generation is more uh, more akin to well they understand wi-fi better um maybe never plugged in a network cable in their lives but but you know we see structured cabling as, as much more than that so it's a it's a catch-all term for for data communications um cabling and physical infrastructure within a building or a campus environment or even a data center environment um and it's structured because we the methodologies that underlie uh the the solutions are based on standards so there's a structured way of, inst- of designing it, structured way of installing it, and that guarantees performance. Um, and performance is, is, as we'll go into, um, it's it's more and more important um, to have perform- a properly performing network um, because of bandwidth, because of latency, because of a whole bunch of things. And it's such a, um, again, uh, you know, we, we end up talking about it a lot on the show. It's such a critical component of the of a business's communications infrastructure, and a lot of times it probably doesn't get the attention or the or the investment that it uh, it deserves. Yeah, correct. Hugely, hugely, and, and again, it's I mean, it's, it comes down to an educational thing as well. You know, so um, uh, we'll talk talk a little bit a little bit about Cat Six A and why Cat Six A is important in the in the commercial uh, workplace, um, and we'll talk about how things have evolved over time. You know. 
cable is not necessarily cable. What, what we were talking about 20 years ago is not, not the same thing as what, what we're talking about today. So it is it's very important. And in, in that structured cabling uh, environment, uh, you alluded to uh, there's different kinds of cabling, I don't know, fiber, copper. How does, how does a business know sort of what to look for when, when installing cabling? Yeah, it comes down to bandwidth. Um, you know, so if we, and, and, you know, there's notion, notion in the marketplace that, you know, copper is dying. Uh, the copper cable is dying, but it's, it's not necessarily the case, right? So, um, copper cabling. Why, why is it, why is that? So, you know, the, with the uptake of fiber and fiber having been on everyone's minds over the last, you know, 10, 20 years, um, or at least 10 years in, in any case, uh, especially in the fiber to the home market, uh, people see the network cable that used to come out of the wall. They're not plugging that into the laptops anymore. So, you know, Where's, where's copper gone? Where, you know, what, what, what's the story with copper? But effectively, you know, it's just, the landscape has just kind of changed a little bit. So, uh, where we used to have a lot of buildings that were, that were being developed and having, uh, a wall point installed for that, that structured cabling outlet. Now with, you know, with things like COVID and the flexible workplace becoming a thing, uh, you need flexibility in your, in your network too. So yes, there's a lot more uptake of Wi-Fi. Um, but with Wi-Fi and especially Wi-Fi six and and you know Wi-Fi seven on its way, um, we we're looking more towards the multi-gig environment. So you're delivering a, a huge amount of bandwidth to that Wi-Fi Wi-Fi access point, um, and that requires a structured cabling system still. So you, so wireless still requires wired, still requires a cable. Um, so so everything back from the Wi-Fi even access copper? point, uh, even exactly copper, copper is yeah. still a thing. Yeah, copper is still a thing yeah. for, for power over Ethernet as well um, for those requirements. You know, so so if a device, if an end device requires power and it requires um, anything up to a, a ten gig or a multi gig bandwidth, um, copper is still very much relevant in that space. So, so speaking about that, what is the current limitation of of copper? What's the maximum bandwidth it can push in a in a business environment? According to standards, <coughs> Cat6A will do ten gig. Ten gig. Ten gigabits. Yes. Okay. So. You know, and, and Alan, maybe you can talk a little more about Cat Eight um, and and why this is a buzzword in the market. You know, Cat Eight. We we see a number of tenders that come out that are, and they want Cat Eight in there. Really? In the yeah. I haven't even heard of it. Yeah. So Cat Eight, say, well, it's not even that new anymore. It's about six or seven years old standard, oh, yeah. which gives. Where have you, I been? <laughs> which, which gives You've been you selling fiber. To, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> gives you up to forty gigabits per second, um, which is. But it's over quite a short link, uh, whereas all the, the, the standards that Paul's been talking about will give you the 10 gigabits per second up to 100 meters. Yeah. Uh, CAT8 will give you that 40 gigabits per second over a maximum of 40 meters. So 35, yeah. 35 meters. Uh, so it's kind of – it's aimed at the data center market uh, and particularly within a cabinet. Um, but it's kind of – it came and it went almost immediately because it got superseded by fiber. Uh, the fiber, the cost of a fiber link to give you 40 gigabits per second just dropped to such a point that it, it didn't really make any sense anymore. So 6A, um, what, what was, what's before 6A? There's a whole number before 6A. You know, we go from, I think it was called level one and level two, and then we, then we are cat three. Cat three was, was sort of old school, um, old school copper in the ground, um, that connected up ISDN lines and things. And then, um, cat five E, Cat four was skipped. Cat five e. Cat five e still still. Uh, I hate to use the word relevant, but it is relevant in the market because there's still, still, still a, a big, it's still deployed. It's still deployed. Yeah. And um, and what what speed does that support? So so cat five e will support up to a gig. Yeah, up to a gig. Is that right? Hundred meg. Hundred meg. Hundred meg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and cat six up to a gig. 
Right. So okay. between Cat 5e and Cat 6, that's still the, the majority of the market. So, And uh, part of the reason why I'm, I'm going down this road is because when we spoke the other day, yeah. it's very important, even though um, it's cabling, to understand what your future business, uh, your, your, your bandwidth requirements are, because yeah. you might be making a cost-based imp- uh, uh, d- uh, decision today. And you might find a year or two from now you go like, uh, okay, my network's now too slow. Yeah, absolutely. And to put in brand new cabling, good for you guys, but not good for if I made the wrong decision. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we, we offer a 25-year application assurance warranty on our, on our, our solutions. Right? So you need, to, you need to bear this in mind. You want to be putting that cable plant in for 25 years. Um, so that's why Cat 6A is an important thing to do. And, and that's why I understand, uh, uh, um, yeah, we always talk about uh, that um, almost good quip quip. You know, if yeah. you buy, if you buy pennywise pound foolish, it's, yes, yeah. a, it's actually, you, you, it can be really, really costly. Yeah. Correct. Um, and, and who's the people that give advice to the business owner? It's the guy that's trying to, he's just trying to make a sale. Is it, is it, am I getting the right advice? Anyway, that's why we're having this conversation. So then, um, so I remember, um, as we've now seen, I haven't been uh, on the scene. I don't even know. It's something like Cat 8. Uh, but I know um, something like Krona, Kr- yep. that's a, a well-known concept in the market. Absolutely. Talk to us about that. Is, what is it? Is it a standard? Is it a way of doing things? So, so Krona is a, is a brand that we, as Comscope, acquired through acquisition of, of another company. Um, and that happened in, back in 2015. Krona had a, or still has a, a massive brand equity uh, in the market in SA or in Southern Africa and, and a couple of other regional centers around the world. Where will I, if I'm now a business owner, where will I see Krona in my business if, if I've been around for 10 or 20 years? And that's the thing. So, I, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the old school guys will, will say Krona, Krona is the, the standard, the gold standard, right? Um, and you'd see it again in your, on your wall boxes, your wall outlets in your, in your environment. Um, one of the beauties of structured cabling is it's hidden. It's, it's hidden away from the end users as well, but they would see it in their in their patch rooms, in and perhaps even in their data centers. So in a, in that little server room in my office where all yes. of, all of, all my network cables terminate, yes. that that uh, what do you call patch it? Panel? That patch panel. Patch panel is yeah. typically that's like a Kronetar brand. Absolutely. Exactly. But you know nowadays and and going back a few years, we we actually went through a brand rationalization process where we we kept the best bits of Krona and a number of other brands. Um, but we've rationalized that into a brand called NetConnect. So while we still support all legacy Krona installations, and again, remember that 25-year warranty, that's not a new thing, um, we, we've moved on to, a, to the brand called NetConnect. And that's sort of our standard for standards compliant, um, you know, small to medium-sized enterprise. And can we talk about that? Uh, so that standard, yep. um, is it worth me paying 10 or 20% more from the cheapest guy in the market? What, what will that standard give me? It'll, it'll, well, number one, it'll give you peace of mind. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of things that happen behind the scenes. So, you know, we, we as, Com- as Comscope, we have a, a whole host of engineers and a, and a whole R&D team that, that help actually drive those standards, um, along with some, some other industry players. Um, so, so we, and again, going back to the beginning of the, of the discussion, you know, we have a good, perspective on how things evolve from all the way back from home networks side because we, we we do touch on home networks within our company um all the way to the data center and everything in between the fiber to the home the the structured cabling so we have an idea of how those standards are implemented and why you know and and in terms of the the end customer and the, and the benefit that gives them it gives them stability it gives them uptime in their network 
these days, network's are mission critical. If you think of hospitals, you think of even casinos, you think of all those kind of, uh, and especially data centers, mission critical. You know, it, the, the, the networks have to stay up, and that's why we have these standards. That and, and to me, again, um, that was part of the conversation we had uh, last week, is the me as the business owner, I might not be technical, but I need to understand what it is that I'm getting. Yes. Um, I saw a mail from a customer last week that said, uh, you know, why must I be buying, let's say, for example, a Cisco switch or a Juniper switch or something like that, or mm-hmm. a, or a, a Rucker switch or whatever you want to call it, um, when I can go and buy, I can get a 16-port PoE switch for, for 2,000 rand. Mm-hmm. And that... You know, you know, we spoke about uh, the industry sort of ignorance grades that, um, uh, you know, sort of um, disconnect in the market. Whereas if you think about it, you have this standards-based cable that you're expecting to deliver 10 gigs and there's 40 of you in the office, so that's 40 times 10. And then uh, if you look at what that investment is and then you want to go plug it into a 2000-rand device, it, it just cannot process that. I mean, it yeah. just, yeah. it's just almost logical. It always so comes back to the standard thing for me is such an such a important thing. Um, so if we, if we install solar at a house, we understand that there, we need some form of certificate of compliance mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when we get into our um, office environment – then why do we not ask that installer for for that uh, that standard certificate or whatever you want to call it? Uh, well, absolutely, and, and it and it very much should make part, uh, be part and parcel of the um, the installation process. You know, so we we have a you know eighty to hundred partners, certified partners in in the region, and and part of the installation process is they'll you know they'll install the cabling uh, to spec. Uh, perhaps that spec comes from a consultant. Perhaps it comes from the installer themselves. Um, and it's in, developed in conjunction with the end customer, and that end customer will, should always request a a warranty certificate. And that warranty certificate is gold because that that then says that it was installed by a certified partner, my certified partner, um, and that gives them 25 years warranty and basically 25 years peace of mind. And tested. And tested, yeah, yeah, yeah. tested to standards. So so the certificate will say it's been tested to a Cat 6A standard. If it's Cat 6A, um, should work fine. And to me, and again, you know, we have numerous conversations about custom, uh, to customers about this. That's the that's the road that everything's going to run on. Mm-hmm. So you can buy the best laptop in the market if you if that underlying infrastructure is not right, you you're gonna uh, you're not gonna get performance. Correct. Anyone who's familiar with that seven layer OSI model will know that we play at the bottom. Yeah. We're, we're the base yeah, of the pyramid. Right. <laughs> Make sure it's and that is the right the place that That's the foundation of everything else that, that you do. Yeah. How fast your applications uh, uh, perform, yeah. uh, the speed of your of your perceived internet uh, connection, Absolutely. how your voice uh, traffic works, all of that stuff is, is dependent on, on this. Sure. And that's, the, that's even not the place to be pennywise bound foolish thing. Okay, um, so let's just go back to the to the... We we t- were, we were in the talking about the cats, yes, five e six a all that type of stuff. Um, so when I now decide on on when I look at at my cabling requirements, uh, you spoke about 
uh, power over Ethernet yes. or, or POE the other, uh, earlier. What are the things that I need to look at when when I decide now which which uh, to go for? Because I assume somebody's going to say to me, ah, "You don't need six uh, A. That's just unnecessarily expensive. You can get away with five E because it's cheaper or something like that." Well, again, it always comes down back to how how critical is that for you that link? So whatever whatever you're trying to power, how critical is that device? If it's a Wi-Fi access point. How critical is it that that stays up? And if it's mission critical, we lead with CAT6A. Because CAT6A will deliver POE to the most efficient, uh, well, number one, it'll deliver it to okay, 100 meters. So let's just talk about POE. What, yeah. what, uh, how would that work in a business environment? So, so POE being power over Ethernet. So, so effectively, um, your network cable becomes your power cable too. So the power is channeled through through a couple of the pairs on the on the POE cable, uh, and that powers the end device. Now that end device, and again, think think COVID and I think flexible workspace, that end device now becomes a, an access point, a Wi-Fi access point, so you don't need to plug that in. You don't need to run power. So this is another uh, consideration when it comes down to installations. You don't need to run power to that device. Um, you can actually run that over the cable. It's things like um, telephones, IP telephony, same idea. Uh, you know, we even it, 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 there hasn't been too much take up in in Southern Africa, but but in Europe there's take up in terms of um, connected lighting. So your lighting now becomes a low voltage lighting system, a DC uh, lighting system that is connected via Cat six A cable. But again, we always recommend Cat six A for that yeah, for that and, purpose. And obviously, because it's DC connected, it connects yeah. back to some smart device. It's smart lighting, so you can yeah. have lights turn on and off as people enter a building or enter a particular room. It can do counting of the number of people in a in a meeting room, give you usage, that type of thing. So yeah. That's it's pretty clever. So my one of my first uh, lessons in the world of power over Ethernet is is in the in the, the world of phones. Mm-hmm. So we had a customer in Cape Town um, that uh, we had a IP phone that we installed, and that underlying cabling infrastructure wasn't right. So uh, the phone looked like it had power and everything was working, but but uh, every time uh, it, it, it wouldn't work. Um, or, so it looked like it was on, but it wasn't working. Yeah. Or every time the receptions answer the phone, the calls would drop. Yeah. And it looks like it's a service problem, but it starts. And I'll tell you, we had that. That was two weeks of just scratching our heads and trying to work out what was going on. And I mean, that was that was now my my induction in the world of understanding how important that this. Uh, dare I say this this boring topic of structured yeah. cabling is, Absolutely. but I mean it's like you say now it's everything that I encounter in the in the business environment or in the office environment is is dependent on 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 that thing. Yeah. Um, there, yeah. I mean the other thing that we're also seeing is that um, the POE standards are also developing. Um, ordinarily or traditionally, you've been able to power maybe 15 watts, you know, just to power a a um, phone or a, or a, phone or a camera, or something like that. They're going all the way up to 100 watts. So you're going to be able to power a television, a smart dis- advertising display screen, that type of thing. So all of that additional power requirement uh, will mean you need thicker copper conductors within that. And the way you get those thicker copper conductors is with CAT6A. Cat6A. And, and to me, uh, um, we also spoke about that the other day. Um, we, you know, people are, are good at being penny-wise, pound foolish, but you end up spending the money in a different place. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So so if you, have, if you have power over Ethernet, that means basically that, that uh, the cabling investment that you did and that switch environment from where you deliver that power, um, it's a lot easier to provide backup power to that now. Absolutely. Yeah. 
it's a lot easier to manage keeping it up. Uh, we all are dealing with load shedding and all of all of these things. Correct. So so all of this just feeds into that that underlying foundation um, where where this is the one place where you want to make sure that you that you make the right investment. Anyway, I can hop on about this. <laughs> um, now you guys spoke about uh, data center um, earlier. So when I look at a data center. Is, is the way that I look at that uh, or my expectation from a structured cabling, is that different from where, what I look into a corporate campus type of environment? Um, in broad strokes, the concepts are going to be very similar, but the, the, the cable that you use to implement it is going to be different. So in a data center environment… Why, why is that cable different? Because in a data center environment, you're typically going to be using more fiber, far more fiber, so you'll have… Um, just because of the bandwidth uh, advantages that fiber can give you. So whereas CAT6A can give you 10 gigabits per second, uh, FiberLink can give you up to 800 uh, gigabits per second um, with a roadmap to 1.6 and 3.2 terabits a second. So what the, the layout that you see within the data center is far more, co- far more fiber, uh, and then copper you just overlay mainly as an out-of-band management just to manage your switches, that type of thing. So, okay. so a, a data center environment is almost entirely uh, fiber-based. So if I, and, um, if I, we always try and make it real on the show. So if I, my example, and I don't know why, but anyway, I'm just sticking with it now because we're two years down the line. So I've got this accounting <coughs> firm in, in Centurion, got branches, a small branch in Cape Town and Durban, and um, I understand now um, I shouldn't have done CAT 5. I should have done CAT 6 because it's just going to make everything uh, work a lot faster. But now during – because of load shedding and lockdowns and all that type of stuff, I've moved uh, my core applications into some form of a data center. My IT guy came and said, listen, let's take this into a data center. The benefits of that, everybody can connect from anywhere, all that type of stuff. Do me as the owner of this business care about the cabling inside the data center? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's, it's important to, to also differentiate in terms of the data center being on-prem versus the data center being in what we would term an MTDC or a multi-tenant data center. Um, so on-prem is more traditional way of thinking. It's, it's where I have built a brick and mortar DC at the bottom of my, of my accounting practice or whatever, whatever the, the firm is. Yeah. And, um, and I'm implementing my own solutions there. Whereas in an MTDC, but even if I'm doing that, yeah. uh, I'm not going to use the same cabling as I use in the office. No, you're not. I, I now have multiple people trying to connect to the same thing. Yeah. So therefore, I need more Again, it, it comes back to bandwidth. Okay. Yeah. So you need more capacity. It's exactly that. So bandwidth um, and, uh, and fiber being, being the, the most efficient way to deliver that bandwidth between your servers and your storage equipment to your end, to your end user, basically. And in, in the multi-tenant uh, data center, if, even if I don't understand the technicalities of it, I now um, I've removed that application out of my office environment, and I expect the same amount of performance. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I yeah. think that's the difficulty, you know. Um, uh, um, yeah, and that, and that's where that's where latency starts becoming a, a question. So latency is kind of determined by the the proximity of your data center to your end customer or your end user. And my accounting lady that's sitting in my firm that uh, has a, a mountain of work to get out at month end, she doesn't care where that sits. She just, she's just going to come and say it's either fast or it's slow and I yeah, can't work. It's taking two minutes but, to log in. But therefore, I have to understand 
where it is that I'm that I'm taking my stuff or whoever is telling me to take my stuff there yeah. must then come and say to me, listen, this is how we mitigate that latency. We've got we've got better cabling infrastructure to enable higher capacity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And enable higher capacity and, and lower losses. So fiber is all about losses. The lower you can get your loss, uh, effectively the, the, the better the link. Right. So and again it's all within the standards, so it's all all sort of um uh, defined by the standards. So, what so we in the data center, is that uh, is that MP sixteen? Is that is that the standard or what? Is, what so, is so that'd be a connector, yeah. and, and that's kind of where we were getting to in terms oh. of you know we talk about about everyone knows how that a, spli- a, a fiber gets spliced, you know, so they know about fiber splicing. But you know, when we when we start talking about data center applications, we start talking more along the lines of pre-terminated fiber. So it's fiber that's actually terminated within one of our manufacturing plants. It's measured to length. And it's installed by an installer at, at a data center Tested, environment. quality controlled. Yeah. You know that this thing is going to work absolutely perfectly as soon as yeah. you clean it and plug it into the uh, cassettes on the other side. And that helps us further control the quality and, and ergo the performance of that fiber. And, and, and to, and and to speed me, of deployment. Yeah. And to me, you know, I, I always say plug and play has, has done a lot for the IT industry. Uh, personally, I always say if I find a guy that invented plug and play, I'll have him caught it. Um, because it's, it's led to a lot of problems in our industry, but you want to know when you when you deploy uh, that's not the place where you want to go look for problems. No, and I mean just when you look at a data center and how much fiber gets deployed within a data center, um, it becomes uh, cost prohibitive to splice all of that fiber to go into every single fiber connection that you want to have from your um, from your meet me room down to your um, down to the, the, the cabinets where your customers are deployed, and you've got many connections in between there. If you had to splice every single one of those fibers, it would take a complete age. Whereas if you take something like an MPO connector, uh, you, are plug, you can automatically connect anything between 8 and 16 and even up to 24 fibers just with a single connection. I mean, we're talking about backbone capacities from a fiber core count perspective of 3,000 plus fibers yeah. between between data center facilities so i mean that's a lot of splicing yeah yeah and and uh, again that uh, at a at a basic level that is how quickly can i get my application delivered from the data center exactly yes yeah. yeah okay um so so um you know even even as long as cabling has been has been on the scene and we were joking about it being a bit a bit of a bland topic which it hasn't been <laughs> um what uh, the the technology is continuously uh, continuously evolving so what does the future look like well the future it's it's an interesting one and and you know like you say it's it's Cabling could be could be misconstrued as a as a boring topic, but we like to think it's sexy. Maybe we've been in the industry too long, but um, <laughs> but you know. So what is like a dinner conversation? <laughs> <laughs> see my connector. <laughs> in the in the building and campus space, um, and and tying back into the discussion about how does how does fiber and copper work together. In a very literal sense, um, we're seeing some uptake, especially actually in the in the security space of hybrid cable solutions. So we have a powered fiber cable solution, which is and, and people will, will sort of pause the podcast there and say, "But you can't send power over fiber; it's just light," um, which is true. But it's a hybrid cable. So so we effectively we have a the solution that whereby we can extend PoE power over Ethernet, which has always been constrained to 100 meters because of the Ethernet standard. Ethernet the Ethernet standard says you can only go 100 meters. So whenever you have a wall, wall point in the office, you're, you're never more than 100 meters from, actually probably 90 meters from a switch 
or from a, a server room or whatever the case is. With with our powered fiber solution, we can actually extend that to three kilometers. Really? Yeah. So now we can deliver, um, and that's 15 watts. We can deliver 30 watts up to a kilometer and a half. So so you know, 30 watts is a smart dome camera, for instance. Yeah. So we can deliver power to that smart dome camera from 1.5. Kilometers away, and that, so ch- that changes the game. Industrial area that's got a huge yard. Yes, Previously, exactly. you would have had um, to have multiple switches in the. Correct. To Correct. You'd have <laughs> a fiber. Now you do yeah. one point five kilometers on. Yeah, you'd have a fiber backbone, or you'd have an outside plant fiber delivering that to a, to a switch, converting that to copper, um, which is in essence what we're doing. But you'd also have to run. You'd also have to run power. You'd have to run power to power that switch. Uh, redundant power. Redundant power. <laughs> yeah. And now you now don't you have to run, run that run power. Cable. Now you can run a cable. Now. Yes, yeah. and Amazing. it just simplifies the entire installation yeah. and design and everything. And then in the data center, I mean, because of this, this just incessant drive for bandwidth and that drive is coming from iot it's coming from you know connected devices vr ar machine learning that incessant 5g that that drive for bandwidth is has created this requirement for obviously more more you know fiber channels Um, so so that's why in terms of you know data center preterm connectivity we're now talking about mpo 16 now an mpo connector is one of those preterm connectors we talked about but it's a We've, we've sort of migrated from in the beginning, we were at a 12, 12 fiber and or an eight fiber. And now we're looking at 16 fiber. And that 16 fiber connector is actually the most efficient way to deliver, as Alan said, that 800 gigabit per second plus requirement for a single link, you know. Um, and that's based on the transceivers. So yeah. inside each switch, uh, you've got a transceiver, a, a fiber optic transceiver, which turns the electrical signals into a, into an optical signal. And the, the way the standards seem to be playing out is that all of these things are in a multiple of, of two or a power of two. So eight was, eight was very popular. Twelve was something that was punted for a very long time, but it actually doesn't make sense uh, in terms of the way the transceivers are going out, which is why Comscope is now kind of recommending the, the 16 fiber MPO. Um, and that, with that as your backbone, it gives you the flexibility to go, as we say, all the way up to 1.6 terabits per second without needing to change your cabling infrastructure. You may need to change the modules the cables connect to, and that's it. And then um, the one thing I think that anybody that's ever uh, invested in or paid for cabling that anybody can understand or if they've seen that little dodgy computer room somewhere uh, in the office – um, or in a data center, I think we spoke, we alluded to that um, last week. Um, how do you manage this continuous growth? Because, man, it can look untidy and very difficult to manage very, very quickly. I, th- I think a lot of people listening will put up their hands and say, I manage it on Excel. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and, and Excel's great. I mean, I love Excel as a program, but uh, it only takes you so far in terms of managing your data center environment, right? Yeah. Um, and that's where we have we have a solution that's called Envision. So, and effectively, what that does is it takes a, uh, a hardware platform. So that hardware platform is the structured cabling we've been discussing. So uh, it could be your patch panel, it could be your, and that's fiber or copper. Um, but we have a, a hardware layer over that patch panel that then says, uh, I know which ports are on this patch panel, and, and it lights up like a Christmas tree, and effectively gives you a an interface through a software backend to say to now give you a workflow for your for your structured cabling 
Yeah, um, it'll it's also able to give you a real-time view of what your network's do, doing. Um, we're able to connect via SNMP to the switches, so you can get an idea of the PoE usage of the switch. Um, the port usage, you can tell when a port was last plugged in. If you need to do any uh, moves, adds, or changes, you can know um, what, what ports are available for that type of thing. Um, and on top of that, we're able to create work orders for guided patching. So if a new person arrives in your office and you need to provide a port that they can plug their computer into, um, you're able to say, I need to provide this particular service. It's a LAN service to this port. How do I do that? The system will, will determine the most efficient way to do that and send down a work order to a controller, which is sitting inside your patch room, and uh, the cabling technician arrives, presses the button, uh, this is the work order I want to complete. It lights up the patches, the, 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 the patches that needs to be made and ensures that the correct uh, port is patched. So if, it makes, if you plug into the wrong one, it will generate an error. Um, so is that only data center, or if you have a large, ca- a large no, campus environment? Yeah, we we, we see that in um, in in campuses, uh, buildings. Because I, I can buildings. just imagine that's not the place where you want to be dependent on some institutional knowledge. A, a guy that's been yeah. in twenty years yeah. and he knows where everything goes, and then today decides he's now he's COVID midlife crisis yeah. and he's going to go live in <laughs> Cape Town or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Consider a university campus that is yeah. complex. It's the complex environment. Often a big environment in terms of geography. Um, yeah, for, for the gentleman who has the, the knowledge or, or gentle lady that has the knowledge, um, of that, that environment to leave, that's, that's kind of a deal breaker. And it's, so, and, and, and that's exactly, you'll probably find that person was a student there and they grew up with the network and then one day they, they, I don't know, they find a gentle lady and move on and <laughs> nobody knows where anything is going. Exactly. It can exactly. be a nightmare. And then you talk about spaghetti. you talk well, and exactly that spaghetti. You talk about that in a data center environment. So, I mean, I've seen it more times than I than I care to admit. Uh, a data center uh, cabling technician or or an infrastructure manager will have through, in his cross connect, which is where all your fibers sort of converge. Um, in his cross connect, he'll he won't know where all of the fibers go. So now it becomes a problem of okay, we, well, we need to decommission this business unit or application or whatever the case is, um, but we don't necessarily know where they plug into here. So we're gonna we're gonna unplug them on the on the server side, but we're gonna leave the cross connect as is, and and those fibers then become dark forever, because they're not documented. And again, you know, to bring it back to the to the end customer that might say, oh, you know, that's way too technical. I don't need to know anything about those things. Um, the problem is, is when you, when stuff starts going wrong and you start troubleshooting, you don't know what cables go where. That's uh, that can end your business. Big time. Yeah. It's it's big time. Um, I've I've sat in a data center at two o'clock in the evening and you just want to cry and <laughs> it is it's not a pretty picture. Well, it always comes back to the question of how how important is uptime to you? Yeah. Can you afford to be done in your in your business in your in your BU your application that you run or in, in you know. And, and to me, uh, and I think we spoke about that earlier, you know, everybody, I think, has almost unrealistic expectations. People can say, oh, I just wanted to work. That comes back to, oh, are you, do you understand that you d- made the right investment in order, to be, in order to satisfy your expectation? You as the end customer are still responsible and, and complicit to, to what your end result is that, you, that you're having. Absolutely. All right. Um, let's round it up. So... In my business, I've been in my office in Centurion for uh, almost 20 years now, but I'm not that old. <laughs> uh, 
actually don't laugh like that. Um, I've been there for 15 years. I've listened to this now, and um, I think it's maybe this is a place to – what advice do you give me? What must I look for um, if I want to refresh this cabling world of mine? What must I do? In my mind, you don't know what you don't know. So future-proof. Make sure you're future-proofing as much as you can. And, and in, in our context, that means CAT 6A – in your building environment and in the data center that means that means preterm and it and it could potentially mean um and we didn't delve into it but you know things like om5 which is wide wideband division multiplexing similar similar sort of concept from uh, taken from fiber to the home but it again it allows more bandwidth within the dc because you don't you don't know how much bandwidth you're going to need in 5 10 20 years time so future proof. Well, we know it's going to be more. I mean, if you it's just more. look at what's happened exactly. yeah. bandwidth the last five years, yeah. when, so you, it's, it's going to be exponential. Times more or yeah. 50 times more. That's, yeah. that's the question. And use a reputable brand and use a reputable installer to yeah. guide you in that process. Yeah. Okay, cool. Guys, thank you very much. Thank I you. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions in your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central Apple website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And uh, if you need help with communications tools in your business, please make sure that you visit catalytic.co.za.